What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of At Large Bid, as we are now coming off of night one of college basketball, where we had some crazy late-night games. We had the Champions Classic. Uh, 48 Minutes Network was at all three local games last night doing some media work, so that was wild. Um, but a fun night. A lot to be excited about. I'm Tim Daniel here, as always, with Taylor Bergfeld. So, Taylor, uh, let's jump right into it. Last night was the Champions Classic, obviously. We started with Michigan State and Kansas. Kansas obviously covered. Um, I did think Michigan State played play pretty well, though. And then Duke and Kentucky, which ended up being a pretty fun game, but Duke pulling away at the end because Paolo is incredible. Um, but overall, <clears throat> I thought Champions Classic delivered this year. I thought it was a pretty good night. Uh, what did you think of everything? Yeah, I mean... My only complaint with the start of college basketball season is that there were 120 games on Tuesday and, you know, 30, 40, 20, 30 games tonight, which, you know, the slate isn't as appealing as it was last night. But, um, yeah, I mean, Champion Classic is a great event to kick off the college basketball season. Um, I think we had a great first game with Kansas and Michigan State, two teams that score, I mean, 87-74 final score. It was a fast, competitive game. The score is a little bit higher than what the game really was. Kind of like you said, Michigan State really hung around and played pretty well. It just shows how talented and how deep Kansas is. Um, kind of looking at the stat line real quick, uh, Ochai Abaji, you know, 9-17, 29 points. Remy Martin, 5-9, 1-3 three, 15 points. And David McCormick um, with 10 points. That's kind of like the big three for Kansas. Abaji with 29 that, phenomenal debut as a sophomore, you know, not a debut, but phenomenal game for a sophomore year. A guy that was heralded pretty high coming out of high school, had a really good freshman year that people thought he would probably declare for the draft. And, you know, now he came back and had a really good, a good start to his second year. Um, but Kansas just shows their, their depth and how, how they're willing to score the ball and they play up tempo. And, you know, that I'm pretty impressed with them, but then kind of flipping to, you know, Michigan state side, I think if you're a Spartans fan, I think there's a lot to yeah. like um, Julius Marble gave you 13 points off the bench. Malik Hogg only with three points, but he kind of does the like intangible things. He had a lot of rebounds and a couple steals for you. Um, you know, it, AJ Hoggard, 17 points off the bench. If that's what you like to see. Max Christie's looks pretty good. Um, he had nine points, kind of struggled shooting the ball a little bit, but I think overall, I think the pieces are there for Michigan State to be successful. You know, maybe not be top 10, top 15 team, but I think they can hover around that top 25, kind of mid-30s range and be a competitive team for the tournament. So Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, I was kind of great. I was watching this on my iPad at CentOS while I was covering the Xavier Niagara game. Um, so I was kind of checking in on it here and there, just kind of see what was going on while also checking on the Sixers and the Bucks Because Paul Reed got the start last night for the Sixers, which was very exciting yeah, for me. Yeah, crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of... Check, check, took an eye on every time I saw Michigan State was getting pretty close, I'd bring it within like six or bring it within five. And then I would look away and Kansas would be up like eight or nine. And then I didn't catch the ending when Kansas kind of went up big. Um, but yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago. We previewed the Big 12. We knew this is what Kansas was going to be. We knew they're a, ba- a really, really good basketball team. They're a bunch of bad dudes, and they really kind of flexed their muscle in that game. So uh, really, really impressed with them. Uh, obviously, that's kind of what we expect from them this season. Uh, let's go to the other one real quick. Kentucky, obviously, Kentucky, and Duke. Yeah, um, well, yeah, yeah real, real quick for before we get to Kentucky-Duke. Remy Martin had a um, you know a lot of offseason with the scrimmage or the exhibition game. He came off the bench, and a lot of people thought like him and Bill Self had a beef. Um, I think he's kind of the explosive guard that you need. I think he's got the green light, and I would say neon green light that Bill Self has given him, um, kind of like Frank Mason had his, his senior year. 
he's pulling up from whatever coming off high ball screens at the elbow, kind of pulling up hitting jumpers. You know, everything looks in rhythm, which is good. Remy Martin is a guy that's a very high volume shooter, but they're the concern about Martin was that he was going to come in and play for his, but his numbers last night, he was five of nine from the field, one of three from three, um, five rebounds, two assists, one steal, and three turnovers. So a pretty good game for – I mean, that's what you get with a senior-led guard. Um, I'm very excited for him this year. I think he's a guy that's a microwave. When he gets going, it's going to be fun to watch. And if Abaji can continue putting up these kind of numbers, I think, you know, Kansas can get their second title under Bill Self. So obviously, you know, like with everything, it's the first game of the year. So we're trying not to um, – trying not to overreact. But that's, that's what that's the fun in college basketball is. You overreact, and then when they lose two weeks from now, you're like, wow. I can't believe I picked them to win anything. Yeah, so, which we're very good at that. Um, so, right. yeah, uh, like I said, I, I think you know, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Baji obviously was incredible. Uh, let's go real quick to Duke, Kentucky, and just kind of touch on it. So, obviously, the story of this game was Paolo Bancaro, which I guess changed his pronunciation and his name when he went to Duke. Um, apparently, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, listen, do it. Yeah, and but uh, you know, he had twenty-two and seven was seven eleven from the floor. Uh, but really, the player that jumped out the most for Duke was Trevor Keels. Uh, the freshman with 25 points was unbelievable. It was 10 of 18 from the floor. It was only one of four from three, but really attacked the rim very well. Kind of kept the offense going. Um, you could really see Kentucky was really, and a lot of this was guys that were available, so I don't understand this. A lot of it looked like they were really missing their shooters there for a while. So you look at kind of like uh, Demon Collins didn't have any points. Bryce Hopkins had any points. Uh, they had a total of uh, 11 points off their bench. Um, Dante Allen, CJ Frederick did not play. CJ Frederick's obviously still injured. Um, is Dante Allen still injured? I don't know. Nope. But yeah, you could tell that like, Kentucky just did not have. I mean, really, they thought they played all right. It's just, you know, at the end there, you know, they kind of depended a lot on T Boy to kind of lead the way and. You know, Duke just had better players. Yeah, Kentucky, eight-point loss. Um, if you follow the 48 Minutes Network account on Twitter or myself, I, I gave Duke out as one of the picks last night. Um, minus one when it opened up. It got to like two and a half or three at the time of the game. So if you hopefully saw the picks, if, if you tailed after, um, even after seeing that, you would have still covered if you took and take a Duke at two or three. But I thought Kentucky battled pretty well. Just a weird, weird game from Kentucky. We'll get into Duke here in a minute, um, kind of echoing what you said earlier. But, yeah, looking at Kentucky, the box score here, Damian Collins and Bryce Hopkins playing two minutes each was not something I nope. saw coming into this game, especially when Duke can throw Banchero, Mark Williams. Um, even Keels is a big-bodied guy down there. I, I figured UK would be a little bit more hesitant on their um, rotations with some of their post players. Jacob Toppin getting 23 minutes is not something I saw yeah, coming. Yeah, that was weird. Not that I'm yeah. – I think he's extremely athletic and bouncy, but looking at his stat line, two of six from the field, four, six rebounds, two offensive rebounds, um, four, four points. I mean, 23 minutes for a guy that gives you that is, I would like to see some of those minutes get cut maybe to towards Collins or Hopkins guys that can maybe contribute a little bit more. Um, Mince is a perfect guy. They bring off the bench. The, uh, he had tw- 21 minutes, two of seven from the field, one of three from three, you know, really didn't do too terribly, but he kind of just kind of found his little rhythm as a backup. I think what really lost, not lost in the game, but really hurt them was the guard play. Uh, Severe Wheeler looked really good. He had six of 15 from the field, two or three from three, um, 10 assists, 16 points. I, I mean, the kid can fill it up. He's he's had seven turnovers, which is kind of, you would like to see that toned down a little bit. But Ty Ty Washington was a guy that I was kind of disappointed in. Cal Perry was really hesitant on him when running the offense. He was three of 14 from the field, over two from three. He had uh, zero turnovers, which is good from a lead guard, but 
yeah, I, I think he took a lot of rushed shots, a lot of dumb shots that kept that kind of ruined the flow for offensively for Kentucky. But other than that, I mean, there's a lot to be happy here with. Kellen Grady, 31 minutes, he had nine points. He's a kind of he's kind of a volume shooter where if he kind of gets it going, he um he can be kind of a microwave for Kentucky. Oscar Shibway, you know, 19 rebounds, 17 points. He was a menace down low. And Mark Williams is not just a, a pushover either. Either so. You know, 19 rebounds for him is is at the big time. UK really needed that. I mean, they had – let me try to think. They had 44 rebounds in the game. He had 19 of them by himself. So, offensively, he had 12 offensive rebounds, which is nice. Um, but the problem with Kentucky is their – this is just me, like, from one game, and even the exhibition games when I watched a little bit, their – their hesitancy or they're, they're reliant on having athletic threes that they switch out onto on guards on the perimeter. So when they're on ball screens, they make Jacob Toppin guard the lead guard, or they make a Lance Ware or make Keon Brooks try to guard some of these more athletic two or threes. That's where they get in trouble. And that's where Trevor Keels really thrived. He would kind of take them off the dribble, use his body, use his, um, his agility to get in the lane and kind of finish through contact as well as like, you know, pump fake and one dribble and hit a nice jump shot. So, I think Toppin or Keon or somebody's really going to have to step up and be an elite guard like defender, because if not, I think the teams are going to kind of score at will on Kentucky kind of have we seen in the post or the preseason and how we've seen with um, so far for Duke. But I mean, w- uh, before we switch to Duke, did you have anything about Kentucky? I mean, obviously I know you mentioned, you know, um, not, no CJ Frederick, which he's been injured and he said he's ready, but Calipari hasn't released him yet. And you know, no uh, Dante Allen, but other than that, I know you were kind of getting home late. Did you, did, is there anything that stood out with you from Kentucky? The little that you did uh, see? Not necessarily anything you didn't already cover. Um, I did make sure that I checked John Calipari's Twitter account this morning because I knew that the be patient with these kids, you know, it was my fall was coming and sure enough, be patient with these kids. Yeah. I made some errors last night that cost us, but our effort was off the charts. I loved our fight and our competitive spirit. It's like predictable every year after they lose their first game. John sends that tweet like, my kids, my kids. It's yeah. like, yeah. same song and dance. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. I just kind of ignore it. I'm just like, all right. But yeah, they have a couple bounce back games before they play. Um, They play Ohio State and they'll play. Um, They, they took Michigan off their schedule, which is a shame, but they play Ohio State in the Big Ten or the Champions Classic in December, so they'll have some tune-up games before then. But yeah, now switching to Duke, who obviously you know that's kind of the lead story hey, here. Um, did you know that Coach K is retiring at the end of the season? Yeah, we've already started with the uh, the plaque that was given to him at halftime of the Kansas and Michigan <laughs> so State game. The uh, yeah, it's his last game, last time in Madison Square Garden, um, uh, but. Even as a Carolina fan, you know, my disdain towards Duke, there's a lot to like if you're a Duke fan, if you're listening. Trevor Keels, 34 minutes play, 10 of 18 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, 25 points. Paolo Banchero, uh, 7 of 11 from the field, 8 of 9 free throws, which is you'd like to see for a 6-10 monster that he is, 22 points. Wendell Moore with 12 points, Mark Williams with 5, Jeremy Roach with 6. Um, one of my biggest takeaways is AJ Griffin, Didn't who, much. you know, coming off a knee injury. Um, yeah, he, he looked good for, he only played 11 minutes, but he's really athletic. One of three from the field, kind of just kind of getting into a rhythm. Coach K did a really good job of kind of easing him in in situations where when Duke was up a little bit, they brought him in rather than a pressure filled situation. But I mean, the story starts and ends with Benchero and Keels. Keels is, looks like a linebacker out there that can really fill it up. The, the scary thing is Duke only hit one three. They were one 13 from three. So the shooting may not be there totally this year, but I think Keels is an elite 
score of the basketball, um, kind of however you want to, how you want him to score, he can do it really good at driving and attacking. He uses his body really well to finish through smaller defenders. And then if you switch and put a larger guy on him, he'll blow right past him to the rim. And then Banchero, you know, nobody's happier in the world that Mark Williams came back for his sophomore year than Paolo Banchero because Duke usually thrives with one big guy that they run inside, but now Banchero can play out on the wing at 6'11", and Men Williams can rack up all the rebounds. But he's an effortless scorer. Um, there was a couple times where he hit, had a nice couple crossover moves at the top of the key and led the jump shots. But 7'11", really efficient. Is only He missed three threes and then missed, I think, a layup to start the game. But other than that, he was dynamic. Um, I, we talked about it in our ACC preview, how, do, how good they were going to be. I mean, Banchero is looking as good as advertised as the top five pick. So, I mean, this, if you're a Duke fan, you're really lo- looking forward to what you have. Um, and, you know, you kind of go from there. I think Roach, Roach needs to give him a little bit more. I think the key piece to them is Wendell Moore. If he can score 10 to 15 points a game, then Duke's going to be impossible to beat. And then Theo John, the Marquette transfer, um, played really well for them last night. He, you know, didn't score very much, but that's not really his game. He's a really good defender. Him and Lance Ware got into a couple times where they were jawing up and down the court. And then he's really physical and, you know, he uses all five of his foul. He's a very good defender where if he fouls you, it's going to hurt because that's a grown man that's down underneath there. So it's a nice ha- option having Mark Williams and then, you know, bringing Theo. Theo John off the bench. So. Yeah, I know some kids that can tell you how much Theo John fouls hurt. Oh yeah. So, and I, the last thing with Duke, the Mark Williams only playing eighteen minutes and Theo John playing twenty two is kind of crazy. But I'm my stock on Mark Williams is still pretty Same. high. So, yeah. yeah, man, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I just think that they were just kind of, you know, like I said, Keels and Benchero kind of ran the show and made things happen for Duke. That's when you know, like that there's no stopping them. And like you said, if they're getting anything else from any, from like Wendell Moore, the way he played last night, I know he's a former five-star trying to get his name back into the NBA draft fields. Uh, Joey Baker getting about 11 minutes off the bench. How about that? Still at Duke. Did you yeah. know that he's still at Duke? Recla- yeah. felt like he's been there forever. He reclassified, he reclassified early. Um, didn't play his entire freshman year. They were going to redshirt him. Then Zion blows his blows his knee out against North Carolina, and he burns his redshirt, plays in two games the rest of the year, and wastes his freshman year. The brotherhood, baby. Hashtag brotherhood. That's what Duke basketball, that's what Duke basketball is all about. But, yeah, I hate him. He He's the worst. Yeah. Decent player. He's a good outside shooter, but I don't think he gives you anything more than that. Let's really. just kind of recap the brotherhood real quick. Kyrie Irving, not playing. Yeah. Zion, hurt. Brendan Ingram, hurt. Jason Tatum, Kind of looking like the second best part in the Celtics. Uh, hashtag the Brotherhood. Yeah, I can't really talk too much. Carolina doesn't have a lot of pros. Well, see, that's Cole Anthony. Yeah, baby. he's looked awesome, and he's also up there. Like there, there's yeah. like they'll just talk now that him and Anthony Edwards ended up on the same team for the sake of post game interviews, and I will sign up for that. Yeah, Cole's awesome. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, top five favorite player in the league. Kid's awesome. Yeah, big fan. All right, let's kind of, so you talk about one coach leaving the ACC, and we uh, also have to talk now about one coach coming in, and that is, in fact, your North Carolina Tar Heels with Hubert Davis getting an 83-67 win last night. And I'll tell you what, man, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but I looked at the box score. I caught some highlights today, and my guy Brady Manick looking good, looking like Larry Bird in North Carolina jersey with 20 points, Caleb Love with 22 uh, you know, D- Dawson Garcia with 12 off the bench with nine rebounds. He also looked good, man. I thought they looked pretty good from the box score. Yeah. Um, a couple things. I mean, I don't want to get too in depth, but the last year, the point of emphasis or the negative connotation around North Carolina basketball was the, 
the lack of starting out hot. They would they really struggle out of the gate and they'd fall down eight to twelve points and have to dig their way back out to make a tie ball game late in the first half. But to, yesterday, the defensive intensity was there. I mean, I know they're playing Loyola Maryland, so I'm not acting like they're playing you know world beaters, but they were locked in defensively for the whole first half, which was really good to see. The offensive spacing was fantastic. Um, echoing what you said about Brady Manick, guy can absolutely fill it up. Nine of fifteen from the field, um, just an elite score of the basketball on the post on three-point shot, kind of can dribble and create his own shot as well. Uh, but it all starts with me with Caleb Love. 22 points, zero turnovers, zero turnovers. I'll say it again. Um, he had three assists, which is nice to see. But, uh, you know, I, I think he is an explosive guard that uses his height and his weight to be able to be a really good defender. And that he's really good at slashing towards the rim. R.J. Davis is another guard that played pretty well. Struggled to score the ball, but that's something I'm not really concerned about. Same with Armando Baycott. Only 17 minutes played, six rebounds, eight points. He kind of had a lot of foul trouble, so it's kind of hard for him to find his little niche there. Dawson Garcia looked great. Justin McCoy looked okay. I'd like to see a little bit more out of him. But, I, yeah, I'm pretty thrilled with Carolina. They got a really tough non-conference schedule, so they play again Friday night against Brown. So just kind of clean up some things. Hubert Davis you know, has said that his starting lineup is going to be based off the defensive effort in practice. So Leaky Black is a guy that starts, you know, a guy that hadn't started all preseason, didn't start in secret scrimmages. But he kind of found his role last year. He tried to do a little too much offensively this year. You know, 21 minutes played yesterday, four rebounds, two assists, one block, um, two points. But he had a really active with it when Loyola went to his zone. He was in the middle kind of fighting Manic, kind of finding Kerwin Walton. So very excited to see this team going forward. Um, Dawson Garcia looked great off the bench. Kerwin Walton looked great off the bench. So it, it, you look at these stats and you say, oh, man, Dawson Garcia and Kerwin Walton coming off the bench for North Carolina. But – Garcia played 29 minutes and Walton played 27 minutes. So it's pretty good numbers for guys that you're bringing off the bench that I assume will be starting probably halfway through the year. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm very excited for them. Mostly I'm excited for you um, that they're, that they're, <laughs> yeah. they're playing well again. Um, there was a yep. team I was keeping an eye on their team. I was like to watch, obviously um, the bulls have a good relationship with the university of North Carolina a couple times now. Yep. For forever indebted. Yeah, so, you know, obviously there's always that thing that keeps an eye on it. Um, yeah, man. I thought that, you know, it, it's exciting to see that the the Blue Blood programs got to flex their muscle last night, including Villanova. Again, they only played Mount St. Yep. Mary. But they did win by 40. And part of yep. that 40 was Con Gillespie, 13. Slater, 17. Jamar Samuels, Jermaine Samuels, sorry, 17. And uh, they didn't need their bench last night. <laughs> they were they were just fine. So, and let's yep. you know, there's that. Uh, let's kind of talk about some of the games that were a little more surprising uh, before we get into... This, this weekend's matchups. Um, obviously, Akron gave Ohio State everything they possibly could in the kitchen sink. Played really well. Uh, tied the game up that you know the last few seconds to tie, uh, with a, with a big three. Uh, but Ohio State pulls off an unbelievable play at the end of the game for Chris Holtman to get the last second basket to win the game. But really thought that the Maction did their thing against the Big Ten. I was all for it. Right. Everyone was watching Mac football last night, but they missed out a really good basketball game. So. Ohio State gets by the skin of their teeth. Uh, EJ Liddell, really good at basketball still. Don't know if people remember this or not. Yep. Um, had 25, 11, and 3 last night. But um, Ohio State, I feel a little, you know, it's one game. No one's going to overreact. But not their most impressive performance. Obviously, good to pull out the win they did, the way they did. But um, really got to see a uh, see their game this week before uh, against uh Niagara before I kind of get an idea of what, what Xavier's going to see next week. Right. Yeah. I mean, Liddell looked as good. Zed key at 14 as well. He made the last second shot, but 
their, their guard play is kind of really what's hurting them. Michi, John, uh, Michi Johnson at four points. Uh, Wheeler at two points. So you're looking at guys that, you know, supposed to give you a little bit more, especially with 29 and 24 minutes played respectively. Um, it's early in the year. You know, it's one of those things. Luckily, they, they had the crowd behind them. They had a nice, you know, it's great to see. I, it's amazing seeing fans back in the stands. Yeah. It, 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 on the broadcast, it's awesome hearing them. Like, it just makes so much of a difference after covering games last, like, last year and watching last year with, you know, family in attendance. It's nice having that that second source of, you know, crowd in the, in the stands. But, yeah, Ohio State, I mean, it's like you said, just kind of a off-night shooting. They, they only shot 28% from three, four, 14. So I think, you know, kind of what you said, you know, use the next game against Niagara as a scouting report before they take on Xavier next Thursday. But speaking of Niagara, um, obviously you were in the CentOS Center, so I'm about to just turn it over to you. So tell me why I shouldn't be or I should be concerned about Xavier's three-point victory over Niagara. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and put it out here. Their three-point shooters did not hit shots last night. That happens. Um, you yep. know, Nate Johnson made one shot the whole game. Uh, Paul Scruggs was our best three-point shooter. Colby Jones played really well, but they just couldn't hit buckets, man. Defensively, I thought they played really well. Um, they were really locked in. Adam Kunkel, um, Travis, kind of, Travis Steele kind of talked about it. He's a guy that kind of needs to have the ball in his hands a few more times to get in a rhythm. He just couldn't find the flow last night. That happens as the team's figuring out how to play together in, reg- in regular games. But um, defensively, I thought they played really well. I thought if you check out the game recap on 40MinutesNetwork.com, I talked about, you know, they put they played really good ball pressure. They they covered the rim really well. Uh, Deontay Miles got his first college start filling in for Zach Fremantle, and I, I was really impressed how well he played. He led the team in scoring in the second half. Um, had a really nice dunk worth an assist from Adam Kunkel. I am trying to key the word 859 boys so they can get a t-shirt. <laughs> they can make money now, so right. um, I just need yeah. to Adam, Deontay, if you guys see this, I need to make sure we, we, we make this happen. I don't want any money from it. I'm <laughs> trying to get you guys money. Um, hashtag 859 boys. Um, but they, they connected an assist to a dunk. That was really fun in the second half. So to answer your question... I'm not necessarily worried about them. I know the you know my mentions last night for Xavier fans. Um, I had some people tell me to shut up. Um, I had some people who weren't very happy, but like, let's relax. You know, this yeah. is a, you know they got a Kent State on Friday. Kent State's not gonna give them any fits. Hopefully they shouldn't. I should say. Um, but you know they <laughs> they yeah words. they got they got a big game next week. Uh, you know a bunch of new guys in. I thought Jerome Hunter played really well. Um, you know he didn't score a lot, but. He did have a really nice, uh, really nice. The one basket he had was a really nice play, um, and Colby Jones is on the team. So anytime you have him on the team, you have a chance to win. So I'm not, I'm not freaking out about them just yet. Yeah, I mean, same way. I think Xavier's can can be an elite scoring team. Um, I think defensively they looked fine last night. I watched a little here and there. Obviously, was watching some other games and whatnot, trying to keep up as much as I could, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm not worried about Adam Kunkel or Nate Johnston or Colby Jones scoring the basketball. So uh, that's one of those things that they can come out Friday night and look great, win by 20 or, or you know, win by 10, 15, have, have a really good scoring effort, and all's washed. Um, it's one of those things that sometimes, you know, it, it's an off night or, you know, you put too much pressure on yourself to start the season off well. And like you said about Adam, uh, a guy that needs the ball in his hand to score – you know, if it's four or five minutes into the game, you haven't got a shot up, you start hoisting up things that just to get a shot up. So my only con- not my concern, but it seemed like Jerome Hunter had a kind of a neon green light to shoot whenever he needed to. And I, I'd kind of pull that back if I was Travis. But I mean, also, he could go out there and be an elite shooter. But I don't know if he's that yet, but I love the confidence. 
and I saw you had the junk junk dart chain or junk dart yeah. dog chain in the post game presser. Yeah. So glad to see the youth football and the turnover chain and some other chains. The tradition has carried over college basketball, and Xavier's kind of following that. Yeah, now. which is, you know some Georgetown fans were making fun of last night, but you guys won one Big East tournament in like a century, and you know you're a big deal again. Okay, whatever. Right. Yeah, how many players left your guys at school in two years now? Yeah, right. I'm kidding. I love Georgetown. I want them to be good every year. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think they're gonna be fine. I you know the Kent State games could be really interesting. I want to see how they respond. Paul Scruggs just down the stretch was awesome. Uh, getting steals, attacking the rim. That's the one thing. I want them to attack the rim more. Like they, they fall in love with the three at times. They take so many of them. Just just get to the rim. You guys are bigger than most teams you're going to play. Just get to the rim and let it go from there. Um, real quick before we had, do go on to, because I want to talk about Virginia. Haha. Yep. Um, West Miller era started last night in Cincinnati. They looked pretty impressive from what Sean's recap was saying. Uh, 62-43 over. Yeah, really good defensively. Yeah. So Bearcats get a nice win to start their their season. Wes Miller uh, didn't take long, apparently, for him to take his suit coat off. He was pretty into it. So um, really, yep. really happy for those guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, Virginia also, if you followed the picks yesterday, gave the under out 124.5. half point winner. Um, it was crazy. Game was 42-35 at halftime. So I was kind of right now off as a loser. Ended up being a terrible second half from Virginia. They have a no one, and I mean no one, other than Jaden Gardner that can score yeah. the basketball. Um, they are going to be putrid offensively, and if, if you put up 60, 70 points on them, you're going to win. I hate that brand of basketball. I know they won a national title, but they won a national title with DeAndre Hunter and Kyle Guy <laughs> and Ty Jerome, who are three NBA players. So they don't have any NBA players on this team right now. So, and then the right, lastly, the couple teams I want to, or one game I want to get to before that is Hofstra. I was going to bring it up. Houston was taken to overtime by Hofstra, <clears throat> ended up squeaking out an 83 75 win, but whew, kind of a nerve wracking game for Houston after making the final four. Welcome fans back to the arena with a nice eight point win in overtime against Hofstra. Yeah, man. I was uh, kind of keeping up with that one on my laptop. And I think I texted you, I was like, they're Hofstra's winning at half. And oh, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, this is crazy. Um, I, yeah, man, that's kind of, you know, the whole theme here is like, you know, we don't want to overreact. It's one night of basketball, but definitely surprising. Um, that's definitely not the Calvin Sampson-like team you're comfortable with with Houston, where you kind of see them just like come out guns blazing to start the year. Um, but we kind of talked about that. I can't tell you the last time I saw them give up 75 points other than against Baylor, but like. You know what I mean? They don't, they're really good defensively that look really lost at times last night. Yeah, we kind of talked about that. You know, we we thought with, they would probably have a drop-off. Granted, they scored 83 points. So I mean, also, uh, not to downplay their Final Four run because you got to play who's in front of you, but they beat like three double-digit seeds. Yeah. Uh, and the, when they made the Final Four, they got beat by like 25 against Baylor. Who won the title? Sorry, Houston yeah. fans. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but still, that weekend was weak. weak. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> other than that last game I really want to talk about um, – Sorry, I have two more really sure. quick. Amani Bates looked great. Yeah, debut. I want to make sure we touched on that. Memphis wins 85-69. Jalen Duran ends up with 15 points, 7 to 10 from the field. Amani Bates ends up with 17, 6 of 9 from the field, 4, 7, and 3. Pretty efficient numbers. Lester Quinones had 15 as well. Um, yeah, just a really balanced scoring effort from Memphis. Pretty good, fun team that's going to be able to watch. Can't wait to watch them as we go on. And lastly is another NKY man. Uh, that will be Sean McNeil and the West Virginia Mountaineers. 
Yeah, they 60 to 53, they beat Oakland, kind of a low scoring dogfight game that was kind of tough to watch, if we're being honest. Um, Sean ended up with 11, Taz Sherman ended up with 18. Other than that, nobody else in double digits for West Virginia. Uh, it's a new team, a lot of new guards, a lot of new pieces, just kind of gel, trying to gel together. Sherman and McNeil are both elite shooters when they're on. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. So I think if you're a West Virginia fan, uh, which I know a lot of people in the Northern Kentucky area are because of Sean, I think it's not time to panic or anything like that. I think they're going to be fine. Sherman and McNeil are two, like I said, elite shooters that are trying to work on some other pieces like Paulie Paulcap, Johnson. Um, you know, so I, like I said, West Virginia, it's fine. Just kind of stay the course. So yeah. that gets us to uh, previewing this weekend's ah, game. I, so I real quick wanted to touch on the one, the uh, yep. Gonzaga and UCLA games, just because they're the one two teams yep, in the country. Forgot about that one. Um, first off, shout out Dixie State. You covered. Yep. You covered. Yeah. <laughs> so Gonzaga, nice. 0 1 against the spread. Really? Good teams win. Great That's teams right. cover. That's right. Uh, Chet Holmgren, obviously. Uh, making his college basketball debut and having Drew Timmy next to him certainly did not hurt. Um, they obviously also got a big game from Rasir Bolton, who is 22 years old. Wow. All right. And yeah. then um, also Julian Strother had 17 points as well. Uh, remember, this game was without yep. Mark Few. He did not coach. Yep. He'll be back, He'll be back Saturday. Saturday. And then UCLA, the number two team in the country, played Cal Baker. And obviously, as you expected, they kicked ass. Um, the Bruins obviously got a big game from Justin McCall, who had 11 points. They had Sean Williams with 10. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong scoreboard. Duh, Tim. Jules Bernard was the person I meant to talk about at, you yeah. know, having a nice 19-point game. And then Johnny Juice saying, once again, another 19-point game. So Mick Croden cracked a smile. He smiled last night, folks. It exists. Yep. Yeah, I, I think they're really good. I think they're a team that a lot of people but put a lot of hype into coming into the off season um, after their final four run from the first to four. But I think the hype is legit. And I think um, well warranted. The Juzang is a great shooter. Bernard's a really good shooter. Um, they get the kid from Rutgers. I'm drawing a blank on his name. I think it's Miles Johnson. Um, he's in there as well. Really good defensive player. But I, I think this team's legit. I think you know, they're a really good team in the Pac-12. Um, uh, I mean, other than that, Peyton Watson, a freshman, came in, five-star freshman, had a rough game, two of 11 from the field, ended up with seven points. But Tiger Campbell's still there with 10, very balanced scoring. I mean, you had 14, 19, 10, and 19 from your starters. Cody Riley ended up with zero, but didn't really shoot anything. So hard to score when you don't attempt to score. But I like this UCLA team. If they can put up 90 points a game and play defense like they're capable under Mick Cronin, I think they're a real threat to win the title, which is crazy to say out loud. But to be fair, when we talked about Mick Cronin going to UCLA, you I did. did say I think he would do you well. You did. You did. I will so, give you that credit. Just, just uh, letting it known. Yeah. So. How about Baylor Friday playing um, Incarnate Word? Did you know that was a school? Yeah, I did. Unfortunately, they're uh, always seeking to bag of playing them. So say what you want about their schedule. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, man, you talked about this weekend. Obviously, a lot of really fun games. Um, Friday night, we obviously have the UCLA Villanova game. That is going to be a blast. Uh, eleven thirty two. Yeah, and already has a spread. Oh, two and two and a half it? Bruins. Over under. Wow. Of oh, there's no over under yet. This is off of. Yeah. Yeah, but UCLA one fifty two on the money line. Wow, two and a half. That that makes me want to take. 
I was hoping it would get like six or seven. I would take Villanova, but two and a half. I think I'm going to lean UCLA. I'll, obviously, I'll wait till I see the total yeah. come out. Um, I like taking a lot of overs in college, but yeah, that'd be something to kind of monitor. But I'm very excited for this game. You know, Tiger Campbell versus Colin Gillespie, um, Samuels versus Juzang, Jules Bernard versus uh, Justin Moore. A lot of really good guard play, really, a lot of good scoring. So should be a very high paced game. I bet that over under will probably be like 148, 149. Yeah, I think both teams so are going to fill it up. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that I mean, one. They literally just scored um, ninety five and ninety this weekend. So yeah, oh yeah, I'm looking else Friday night. Not really a lot of other games that stick out. Um, there's you know a couple that might be worth Oregon SMU. I looked at that one. Um, Oregon's yep. got a. I totally forgot Oregon is that guy that's like our age. Uh, who are you talking about? Uh, what the hell's his name? I, let me pull up their box score real quick. Hell, they got Dior Johnson, who's the freshman, but. Let me see. Also, the under I gave out in Buffalo, Michigan. By the time you're hearing this, obviously it will uh, be final, but it does not look good for the first pick of the 48 minutes. Jacob Young. Jacob Young is 24 years old, playing for Oregon. Yeah, the lefty point guard. Yeah, Yeah. he was at Rutgers. Went to Texas originally, then went to Western or went to Rutgers. But I think Oregon's really good. Dane Altman's a really good coach. Um, Yeah, I like them. Really knows how to score the basketball. So. That's pretty much it for Friday. Then Saturday, they do a good job of letting college football um, really kind of have Saturday to itself. But we still get a couple good games to watch. Um, Damn, Duke already had their third game on Saturday. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, They literally – Saturday comes down to one game for me. Uh, Maybe UCF-Miami if you're a real college basketball fan. But um, UCF-Miami play at 2 o'clock. And then the game to watch, trying to find the exact time, it is – 10.30. 10.30. 10.30, it will be the Gonzaga Bulldogs hosting the Texas Longhorns. Very excited to see this game. See Chris Beard at Texas with Marcus Carr, Christian Bishop, Trey Mitchell. A lot of transfer-heavy team, whereas Gonzaga's freshman he- freshman heavy with, you know, Timmy is also the player of the year candidate. Very excited for this game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, would not be surprised if either team won, but I'll probably be leaning Gonzaga. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, I think Gonzaga loses a couple games this non-commerce, but I don't think this is. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think that Ohio State game is going to give them some fits. And the yeah, Duke game, definitely the Duke game. Yeah, Banchero is going to bully. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you know he wants to. That's bully. the thing. Oh yeah. yeah, ranked number four. So I um so yesterday, mm-hmm. so you know I'm one of those crazy people that gets push notifications on Twitter from NBA 2K, and uh, yep. you know with this NIL stuff, and obviously guys getting to you know. He was Paolo was in a 2K commercial for under Twitter account. Mm-hmm. That thought that was really cool. I was like, this is neat. Yeah, I think he was the I think he was like the first athlete that they signed that was able to do that. But yeah, pretty cool seeing the NIL. Hopefully, opens up a lot more opportunities. Slash, uh, be cool if they did like a scan since they're they partner with 2K that you're able to scan them into the game for their draft class. You could go ahead and draft a kid that's in college. That would be smart. It'd be a cool yeah. idea. So at least like 30 dudes. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, yeah. People always make the draft right. classes and upload them in their franchises anyway, which is the greatest yeah. feature. And they ever. look pretty yeah. decent, right? Look good anyway. So yeah, hopefully at least put their names in there instead of it being like the power forward from Duke in the draft. Like, yeah, right. Um, Sunday, kind of you know another you know easy slate, but at one o'clock on Sunday, uh, you know the Bengals have a bye this week, and I don't know if they were playing. If I'd watch them, to be honest with you. Um, Florida State at Florida at uh, 1 o'clock on ESPN. Yeah, so be solid. Like that game. 
Florida has been really good defensively um, this year, obviously in the scrimmage and then the exhibition and last night. But yeah, very excited for that game. Florida State's about to tip off here in about 15 minutes. So we'll kind of watch them for a little bit. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Very excited to see them on Sunday. Um, next week, I think with the Myrtle Beach Classic is like at the end of the mm-hmm. week. But then, or, and then I think the Charleston tournament is next week or maybe we get yeah, Thanksgiving. Week but appreciate- no, it's the week before. So. Yeah, we're almost getting. Yep. So next week. So we're getting close to, you know, midweek next week. Some of the big teams will play some cupcakes, but towards the end of the week, we'll start getting into the pre the holiday season tournaments where it's fun to watch basketball two or three days in a row to watch a couple of teams, you know, see how they're, they fare up against some good competition, but yeah, I'm with you. I, this weekend's a little light, but it's great to be back. And yeah, I'm very excited for the future. Yeah. I just wish we still had the 24 hour tip to start the year. That was the best. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Um, so a little housekeeping real quick before we get out of here tonight. Um, we'll first want to make sure you guys check out Shot Callers on Friday. Um, obviously kind of keeping us up in our NBA news. Check out the website, 48minutesnetwork.com, for our power rankings in the NBA. My big board is under construction. Destruction. Destruction, yeah. <laughs> Destruction, construction, however you want to talk about it, putting that together. So excited to get that released to you guys, hopefully early next week. Um, depending on how many Bulls games I'm watching this week, which the answer will be a lot. Right. Uh, Bulls are rolling. Yeah, it's right a now. lot of fun. And then also, um, game recaps for everything on 48minutesnetwork.com. I will be at Xavier and Cincinnati, Xavier on Friday and Cincinnati on Saturday. Uh, Parker Fields, nice. our intern, will be at Northern Kentucky Friday for the game against UNC Greensboro. Actually, a really good mid major game. Um, so, yeah, yeah really. Be, be definitely one to go check out if you are in the Cold Spring, Kentucky area. If you don't live here and you don't know what we're talking about, um, it's a local, local Just, small D one school. Yeah. Made the tournament a couple yeah. times though. So not, yeah, too, small. not too small, but yeah. And then for myself, yeah. Kind of like Tim said, the housekeeping, just, uh, I'm going to try to put some games out there that I like. Um, wouldn't, I won't tweet anything that I wouldn't take myself, but yeah, just you know, either on my Twitter, which is T underscore two or at the 40 minutes network, um, account, you'll see our tweets that are kind of showing the daily college basketball picks that we like. Obviously, you know, lines come out within 24 hours. So I usually make a pick, my picks the day of the games. That way the line movement doesn't change drastically. That way you're not getting some a different spread than kind of what's offered. But yeah, I mean, love to interact with you guys. It's one of those things. If you see the tweets, be happy to tweet back at us. Give me crap if I lose, if I win. I can't wait to have an 0 and 3 night and the replies be all over. So it's usually those how it goes. Fun nights, so, last night I went 3 and 1. Yeah, last night I went 3 and 1. Tonight, looking like 0 and 1 to start. But hey. That's why I play 40 minutes. You never right. know. So thank you all. We're back. Uh, we'll be back to our regular schedule next week since we don't have games on Tuesday night to record. So this will go up Wednesday of next week. So bet we'll be back there soon. But everyone, have a good night. We'll talk soon. Peace.